Hey Purpose Peeps, this is Dina Wiggins of DinaWiggins.com, your sister in purpose and me sultans. So today, Purpose Peeps, I want to welcome you. I welcome you to the Spark Life, the place where our growing community of Purpose Peeps comes together to unlock. Unlock what sparks you, unlock what makes you come alive, and learn from other Purpose Peeps how to leverage it, how to build your sparked life and create real results that matter. So purpose piece, one question. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, Purpose Peeps, I am so thrilled to um, be with you at this time. Um, There's so much going on um, with the um, COVID-19 pandemic and the social justice uprising with the um, very publicized um, deaths of several um, African-American men and women and um, all of the protests that have um, happened as a result of people just wanting to exercise their voices around um, justice for these people. And then there's a realization that what's going to be required to not have to have, um, you know, continued marches, not having to have to react to the next time something terrible like this happens is systemic change. And so what does systemic change look like um, around race relations and how does that relate to your purpose? Well, I was really fortunate to meet um, Donald Jenkins, who's a wonderful purpose peep, who just reached out to me um, through our connection on LinkedIn and shared a video that I'm including in the in the um, comments for this podcast that just let me know, hey, I have got to talk to this purpose peep. This purpose peep is like speaking the language of my soul, and he's also speaking speaking the language of this time. And so um, we began to um, have a couple of conversations, and I'm so thrilled that um, he agreed to come on to the Spark Life podcast and share both his purpose story And how that translates into this wonderful body of work that seems like it was just created for this time. But it was really developed over 30 years and over 20,000 hours of research from this wonderful purpose peep with these, um, all of these different life experiences that came together to create something to serve where the people are right now. So let's jump in. And this is Donald Jenkins. Take us on the journey about how you came to understand the deep wells of purpose, how you came to understand and to create the, um, what is it, the PDD, you know, the purpose, purpose, uh, purpose deficit disorder, how you came to understand that, how you came to kind of build these linkages that are showing up powerfully in your work. Uh, personal journey, <laughs> all right, which bring us to why we're here. Um, I started my church back in ni- the early 1990s, 1993, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And during that time, I had the name of my church was called Unity is Power. Wow. God, had, God has always put this vision in me to unify the body, mm-hmm. to unify our communities, to unify the church, because I didn't grow up in church. Mm-hmm. I hated church and I hated church people. Wow, I'm shocked. 
Oh, wow. Yes. I hated them. My mother couldn't beat me in the church. <laughs> and, and I stayed away from church a long time until I joined the military mm -hmm. right after high school. And um, in the military, I started dealing with race relation issues in the military. Wow. When um, I confronted one of our drill sergeants that told us that racism wasn't in the military, I said, and I looked around the room, I said, did anybody else hear what he said? Because we've already experienced racism in the military. And I said, talked to some of the guys that was in my platoon, mm -hmm. and I said, y'all know it. Mm -hmm. I said, y'all not going to say anything? Mm. So no one said anything, and I did. I stood up. I stopped the, stopped the whole class, and I stood up, and I told him, I said, sir, uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, but racism is in the military. Wow. And um, he argued against me, and I was just one of those kind of confrontational-type dudes because I'm very analytical in the way I think, and when, it, when I can't connect the dots, I'm going to question you on it. And uh, so I start questioning it then, but it was during my military stint. I woke up one Sunday morning and all I heard was, it's time. Wow. And I'm like, time for what? Oh, so you and, had a Samuel moment. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'm sitting up there saying to myself, okay, I, I know what he's talking about. It's time for me to get in the church. And uh, he said, well, son, can I help you? I said, well, I don't know. You know, I just know I need to connect with God. Right. You know, and uh, then the church just went crazy because, you know, a sinner coming to the Lord, you know. So I'm like, why well, didn't you know happy? You know, I just know I need God in my life. God right. told me it's time. Here I am, yeah. you know. So I'm going through this process. Church go. They lead me through the, sal plan, you know, plan of salvation. You know, of course, I was all down for it. Uh, I was ready because my background, Dina, was prior to that, I was in clairvoyancy. So I was doing all this weird stuff, mm -hmm. you know, spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. And and I had followed that path for a while. And I knew it was something more to God than what clairvoyancy was giving me. Mm -hmm. And I got tired. I got frustrated. And I said, I got to, that's got to be something else. Mm -hmm. So that led me to the church. Then mm -hmm. I got baptized. And then I called my mom. I said, mom, I said, look, um, I just gave my life to the Lord. And, you know, of course, my mom was shocked. <laughs> you know, she's like, all these years. And I said, yeah, mom, I'm so excited. I joined this Baptist church. And uh, she said, well, you know, we met to this, right? And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, what's the difference? That was my first taste of the division that's in church. Yeah. So, you know, I, I went through that period and, I, and I, it, it dawned on me how divided the church was. And it bothered me. It really bothered me because I was like, I come out of clairvoyance, you know, but y'all so fractured. I don't get it. Right. So that was the beginning of my mindset, mm. you know, this investigative mindset yeah. of trying to find out why are they so divided? Yeah. So I got out of the military, moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, joined another Baptist church, answered the call to preach. And it was a Baptist church again. Mm -hmm. And prior to me doing that, I had already received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. Which no one ever told me anything about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I had no preconceived ideas, no, you know, no uh, biases against it. I just, they just said, you need it. I said, okay, give it to me. You know, <laughs> I was 
just that open, you know? Right. And it, changed, and it changed my life. So when I got in this Baptist church, they tried to convince me that we're not supposed to have that. And I said, are you kidding me? That's I said, I've already, I've already experienced this. This right. is in my life. It's a part of who I am now. It got me out of a pit. Right. You trying to tell me I don't need this? Right. So I ended up leaving that church, joining the church that I was telling you about, where we had all this diversity in it. Mm-hmm. You know, white pastor, other top leaders was was black, African American, and uh, we started that journey mm-hmm. and uh, stayed with them for probably about three years. And then I said to myself, I got to start my own church. You know, I, I, something I just got a download. Okay, like I just got a huge download. So it's like your, um, when I'm listening to just this part of your story thus far, um, you, you kind of recognize the falsity about, you know, how people weren't standing up for racism in the military. But then it's like you got a whole nother um, indoctrination with diversity in the church. Yep. And so it's like, that's, the, that's at the energetic level. That's at the basis of this um, systemic problem that we're talking about. Oh my gosh, how interesting. Yeah. So I started my church and of course my church was called Unity is Power. Because all my journey had included uh, a path where there was no unity. Mm-hmm. You know, in both the military, the church, we had a unity to a certain degree, but beneath that, you know, there was so much division. Mm-hmm. you know, that we were dealing with that undermine the power that we can have collectively. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear one of my main thoughts where it says purpose is the genius for exploring the collective power of human potential. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that was born out of this journey. It was born out of me going through all of this stuff. So I started unity as power church. And uh, and I tried to rally the entire city. When I say rally the city, I'm talking about from every big church to every small church, big pastor, small pastor. You know, here it is. I got this little small church stuck in a corner somewhere, and I'm speaking truth to power. You know, I didn't care how big the church. You know, I had no. I wasn't gonna let you influence me like that if I could not connect the dots. And uh, so I was, I was very confrontational, very mm-hmm. confrontational mm-hmm. Uh, on so many levels mm-hmm. to where, you know, it caused me to stand out. And then I started teaching the Hebrew letters in my church, you know, on top of all this stuff, you know, because that's when I got my Jewish rabbi, you know, Rabbi Lappin and, and I took Tennessee. You got to think this is one of the most prominent rabbis in the world. And I bought him the Chattanooga, Tennessee. Wow. And his, and his wife That's came beautiful. to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, and I invited the city out. When I say the city, I'm talking from the mayor to all the city leaders. And, 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 and people were showing up saying, how do you know him like that? Because they, other people knew him. You know, they knew who he was. And it was like, how do you get this connection? I said, well, I just wrote him a letter and told him I wanted to mentor me. And he said, yes. Oh so my gosh, that's incredible. We started this journey together. So he came and we gave him an official citizenship, you know, letter to the city and all this kind of stuff. One of the city council people came out and celebrated him. 
but I still couldn't get these pastors to come. I invited the Jewish community. I invited the Christian community. I invited everybody and I could not get them to show up, you know? And I said, is it because I'm an unknown, you know, dude that nobody know who I am. I'm teaching this Hebrew stuff. So I already stand out like a sore thumb. And uh, I said, is it because of that? You know, the celebrity type stuff and, you know, people want to be able to associate with big names. I said, it's not about that. It's about the big God that we serve, the big message that we serve. And uh, so I kept, you know, I, I, I had my church for about 13 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the Lord said, um, I, I knew it was time for me to leave the city. I just knew. I just knew I had it in order for God to do what he wanted me to do. I had to leave in order for me to do what God wanted me to do. I had to leave that city. So it was Atlanta, like a, knowing, a sense of knowing that you yeah, Okay. I knew my I knew my timing and my season was gone was, was up there because I knew that the message of purpose was global. Mm. And and I needed to be around people who thought globally. Yes. I couldn't stay in that in that city where people was only thinking. Can I pause you so, for one second? Because I just want to build a bridge between them, what you're saying and the community, because um, we've we've spoken about how um I and I'm looking at the time. So are we good with the time? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, okay, good. So um, one of the themes that we talked about is, you know, how the discomfort of sometimes having to leave because you've like, um, you know, you you got to have more room for expansion. And we've talked about how that's like a part of the Spark Life journey and um, just how challenging that can be to like come to that. But at the same token, it's freeing as well, Right. But yeah. when you see it as a perspective of like, um, you know, I've done, I've, I, I completed what I was supposed to do, at least at this juncture here. And like, you know, what's my next assignment? Because you have that fire in your belly. You have that spark that just cannot be contained. And it's like, you know, I've got to go where I can nourish that. Because otherwise we don't want that to diminish and we don't want that spark and that flame to, you know, go down. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, I, I called all my church leaders in and it did, I mean, we was reaching about 163 homes, 63,000 homes on our TV program. Wow. So we had a nice following black and white community. I had one guy that stopped me and said that, man, you're supposed to be in New York city. And I said, what do you mean? He <laughs> said, the South is not ready for what you, what you're offering. He said, this Jewish stuff, the Hebrew letters, you got them on your TV program because I I did all the editing, you know, for our Mm -hmm. show and did everything. So I would bring these letters and they'd be dancing across the screen and all kind of stuff. Oh, man, that's um, cool. Yeah, so he said, you need to be in New York City. I said, if I was supposed to be in New York City, I would have been in New York City. I said, God is trying to bring this message to people. Right. Doesn't matter what geographical location that, that we're in. He's trying to bring his message. So I am where I'm, where I'm supposed to be. And look but, who he chose too, Donald, because look at who he chose. And what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is like this powerful theme with um, like, um, you know, your curiosity, like you have an unwavering curiosity and just that thing in you that's just like, you know, no, I'm going to ask until, you know, I understand. Um, and I mean, that is so powerful. 
And so to be in a space where you are, um, you know, instrumented, being an instrument for unity, it's like, and you think about like, what are the requirements for that? Like, you know, it's, he chooses, he, he, he has, he knows who he chooses and why he chooses. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I didn't know that, you know, the transition was going to be hard like it was Mm. because I was married, uh, two sons, beautiful sons, you know, living in the, uh, the good side of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I, I made some decisions to to go from ministry, to go from the corporate arena to ministry. And uh, you know, and God blessed, opened up a door. I mean, the timing of me doing that was just great because you know I had invented a product that sold in Walmart nationwide. Uh, the whole nine got royalties coming in. And wait a minute, hold, hold, hold up, hold up, because you didn't even mention that we talked last time. What type of product did you invent that that um got acquired by Walmart? Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, it was a plastic food tray where people carried their lunch to work, and the problem that I found was that. Uh, if you care hot and cold items, you always had to dip your hot items up or put it in a separate container. Mm-hmm. So I invented a tray where the where the compartments to snap out. So wow. when you got the word, you can remove the cold items, warm your hot items, and plug it back in after it's done. <laughs> so um, I went through the journey of securing the patent rights of that, and you know, securing the agent, had it manufactured in China, you know, all kind of oh, stuff, man. and. Um, you know, had some success with it. So I, you know, my life was going great, you know, up until that point, ministry was growing, business was growing. I left my job. I was doing corporate training. We was doing, this is, this is around 2008. And you know what happened in 2008? The bottom fell Don't out. Don't I know. Don't I know. And um, that's when my ex-wife said, you know what? I'm tired. You know, I, I'm done with you. I don't love you anymore. I want you out. And uh, so before that, I had went to my church and I told my church, I said, you know, it's time for me to leave. I said, I will help y'all find another pastor and just oversee the church if that's what y'all want. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'm going to leave it up to you guys. And uh, I called the meeting with all my leaders and, you know, and I told them to, you know, call me and tell me what their decision was. So by the time I got home, they said, we don't want another pastor. You know, we want you as our pastor. So if you don't think that this is where you need to be, then just close the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we closed the church. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just closed it down, you know, because they didn't want, I had a great group of people then, you mm-hmm. know, they, they, they went through this whole journey with me, the Hebrew letters and oh, all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And they hung in there. They came in, they saw people walk in and saw me teaching this stuff and people would walk out while I'm teaching it, you know, and they just kept going. And to this day, they miss it. To this day, they said, pastor, Oh my gosh, we didn't realize what we had. We miss it. And uh, so I closed the church and uh, went back to the church that I came out of, the interracial church, sat down for, you know, a few years and uh, just supported. And until I got the divorce, I was actually living out of that church because Mm -hmm. I was homeless, you know? And uh, so I was at the, I was at rock bottom, you know, Mm -hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. But I knew, Dana, that all the way up until this point, God had been preparing me with purpose, okay? Yeah. From 1993, when I started my church, it was all about purpose. Mm-hmm. Purpose was the driving force behind everything that I did. 
-hmm. And along the way, he kept giving me these, these pieces of the puzzle that caused purpose development to formulate. Mm -hmm. So when I got the divorce and I made the transition from Tennessee to Atlanta, that's when purpose development really began to take shape. But it was all of those years before that that allowed me to build this foundation of drawing from the deep wells of purpose. So during that time of my life, uh, when I was homeless, broke, busted, disgusted, that's when this information, this these downloads that God yes. began to give me. Yes. So he started giving me these Hold downloads. Hold for a second. Break down that experience. Because I, I, I just break down your experience around that. Because they've, they've heard me talk about divine loads, divine downloads, and my experience with that, my experiences with that. During that time, uh, this phrase came up, disruptive revelation. Okay? Mm -hmm. And disruptive revelation was defined as the ability to break down barriers for your existence and your performance. Mm. In other words, there are always barriers for your exist the way you exist in a space and the way you perform in a space. And disruptive revelation, what it does, it allows you to break that those barriers down. Mm -hmm. You know, and that and that, that's the foundation for a lot of stuff that we do at the Purpose Development Institute. Like with biases, that's how we break down the biases. That's how we break down a lot of things in regards to growth potential. Mm -hmm. So I began to experience that personally. And then I began to take it into the prison system when I was homeless to test it out. Okay. Mm. To see if I could, to see if this was, had any validation to it, to see if that it would actually change people's lives. So mm -hmm. I got a chance to teach purpose development to hardcore murderers in prison. That is a beta yeah. test. I thought that um, I love be I love beta testing, but you're talking about beta testing with purpose, and yeah. I like to have goosebumps. <laughs> oh man! So we did that, and um, we took the violence to zero in two weeks. Mm. We took uh, one of the toughest dude in that prison system, became my number one student, my biggest champion, my biggest fan of purpose development mm -hmm. and the prison guards was actually paying me to bring purpose development into the prison system what well, out of pocket out of their own pocket wow because he said you're making my job easier wow what you're doing is really working man that's tremendous impact that's true yeah so impact. i knew then that purpose development had some viability to it Mm -hmm. That I couldn't just quit, even though I'm I'm homeless, I'm broke, I'm busted, mm -hmm. you know, I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. I was hurt. So and how did I it feel? I mean, let me ask you a question. Because um, one of the concepts that I talk about is like your purpose currency package. So there's the tangible um, purpose currency that we're paid for putting our good work into the world. But then there's this intangible part. And I believe that the intangible part like connects to our heart-centered why, to your point of it's so important to have the heart in it. And it kind of nourishes us while the tangible catches up. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's like feeding our, feeding our deep wells of purpose, feeding our soul. You know, so how did, what was the experience of like put going out on faith and doing this and then having that type of receivership? What did that, what did that do for you? 
Well, number one, it, it, it was very encouraging. It, it, it breathed new life into my direction because one of the things that we do with the, with the four subcategories of purpose is that we have what we call the big three purpose questions. Mm-hmm. All right. This is where the deep wells start. Mm-hmm. And the big three purpose question, they're common to everybody. Mm-hmm. Number one, why am I here? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to be doing? How can I add divine purpose to what I'm doing? All right. That third one, people don't, they have to be led into that third one. But the first two, they, they get it. This is something that they live every day. So those three questions translate into what we call the three D's. Design, direction, and development. And these three D's allow us to decode our experiences. So mm-hmm. even though I'm homeless, broke, busted, and disgusted, I wanted to keep cold, putting a code of purpose on where I was in my life. So what I had to do was, all right, my life has changed. How can I design a life that's going to give me value? Well, go teach this in the prison system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because every time I showed up to teach this in the prison system, they would give me a standing ovation every time I walked in the door. Mm-hmm. And they just made my value go through the, to another level because it was at a very low time of my life and I needed that. Oh my. So this, this is incredible. So um, I studied to be a purpose coach with imperative and imperative is all about the science of purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they talk about the different health benefits when we have a sense of um, value, a sense of belonging, a sense that we, you know, connect with our contribution and how um, that produces, you know, oxytocin in the brain and, you know, how that has all of these, you know, health benefits, you know, for us. And so um, that is like so important. And to me, that's like um, one of the pillars of being able to tap into your, um, um, you know, your ultimate creativity and just like all these other, your higher wisdom and all of this. And, you know, sometimes it requires us to do, um, to make investments that may have a longer term, you know, um, return on investment, you know, in terms of, you know, what we can calculate and what we can put in the bank. But it's those type of investments that actually get us further along than we could ever imagine because we're tapping into our divine power. We're tapping into our, you know, divine spark. You know, like you following your curiosity, to me, that's like tapping into your divine spark. And when that is what's leading us, man, we can do so much more than the best planning, the best um, business advice. All those things are important because we want to be good stewards over what comes through us. Right. But um, that kind of journey, it's like it's indescribable, indescribable. Yeah, it is. Uh, when I got to Atlanta, I uh, I stopped following the research by the Rush Alzheimer Institute out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I first started the uh, research, following the research, uh, they wanted to find out if purpose had any kind of effects on longevity, long living. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Patricia Boyle, who was the lead researcher uh, that was on this project, when they first started, they were saying, we think purpose has an effect on it. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they took 
for like a hundred Alzheimer patients. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's more than that. Over, over the entire research is way more than that. Mm -hmm. But they started with that hundred and they gave one group, one cohort, uh, a strong sense of purpose and they gave the other cohort, they just didn't give them a, a sense of purpose, right. okay? Right. So they wanted to monitor their brain mm -hmm. patterns. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, when they died, these people volunteered to have their brain analyzed the whole night. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to see was there any difference between, you know, uh, the effects of all, Alzheimer's on the brain with those who had purpose and those who didn't have purpose. Mm -hmm. So when I first started, they said, we think that it does. Now here it is over 10 years later. It's in the psychiatry uh, journals now. They went from I thinking it does to saying purpose plays a major role mm -hmm. in long life and longevity. Mm -hmm. Because all of their signs that they did, the, an the, the analytics that they put together by analyzing the brain was purpose slowed down the effects of Alzheimer's, you see. Oh, yes. And these people's brains did not, get destroyed like people who didn't have purpose you yeah. know so you know to hear you say that it has health benefits yeah it has tremendous health benefits tremendous. you know that i don't think that we realize how powerful that is and i'm saying that because it was one of those things that sustained me in my depression <laughs> say say okay? say more about that yeah i mean it, it, me being able to do those three D's, mm -hmm. design, direction, and development. Mm -hmm. That was my focus every day. Mm -hmm. Keep designing the life that give me the most value. Keep moving it in the direction of what my goals, my dreams for mm -hmm. purpose development had been. Mm -hmm. Use each moment in time as an ongoing development to get better. Mm -hmm. In other words, here it is, I'm homeless, I'm broke. Don't become a product of this. Get better. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get married again. Become a better husband. You see, God's going to send you a new wife. Become a better man. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was constantly working on myself. Right. Constantly going through this process, the three Ds, decoding mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. And that gave me the psychological freedom that I needed you know, from that moment. Mm -hmm. And then especially from leaving an environment that I was connected to for 20 years and then moving to a new environment, mm -hmm. which was, you know, a difficult transition. Right. You know, but being able to do those things put me in a space of having peace, put me in a space of having joy, yeah. even though I didn't have anything. Right. You know, Put me in a space of confidence, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that because we're, we're, we're creatures of, we're, we're meaning-making machines. We are. We're wired for our bodies, our design. Hardwired for purpose. For purpose. And I tell you, after I had my stroke and um, I didn't have a, hem uh, a hemorrhage type of stroke, I had this really obscure, you know, type of stroke, but I think that I, because of all of the stress that I was having, and this was at, this was 2009. So you know what that time was like, that is the worst time to yeah. not be working and to be sick, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, it took like 18 months to diagnose how I had this stroke that took most of my eyesight. 
And um, it was when I started doing purposeful things, even while I was in this um, huge amount of ambiguity and uncertainty, didn't know what was going on. My, this was in my left eye, my right eye would start, you know, having problems. And so I would experience these times of temporary blindness because I didn't have enough um, sight in my left eye to sustain me if I was having an inflammatory event. And so, but when I started doing things that were purposeful, so I wasn't working at the time, I was a hundred percent on self-care and I had to become my own GC for my health to be able to connect the dots to help people to diagnose me. And um, I started to um, share thoughts through different um, social media platforms just to support people, um, just to, to support long-term unemployed people. I had another one that had more um, spiritual stuff and just like all these different things. Slowly, I started to feel better. Mm. I was so shut down, like almost like dorsal vagal, like just shut down out of fear about my health and just everything. And um, but I was still a woman of faith. I didn't understand what was happening to me. And it seemed like everything was just like piling on like this. Um, but then the more that I served from that place of uncertainty, my faculties came back to me. Like at the time, I'm an avid reader. I have books all around me all the time, but I couldn't retain anything. It, it just, I was not myself. But the more that I did those um, purposeful actions, the more that, you know, I kind of came back into myself. It rejuvenated me, quite wow. frankly, you know? Um, so by the time that, and then, you know, God would just show up powerfully. Like he, I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a PBS special that was saying, if you have inflammatory disease, this is how you need to eat. And these are the, um, these are the vitamins and nutrients that could help you. So before I even got diagnosed with an inflammatory disease, God gave me a solution and a blueprint, how to eat, what to, how to nourish myself, how to start to pay attention to my body. All of a sudden, teachers started coming to me that were teaching me these philosophies that I might not have rec recognized their value had I not had that experience. And so now these are the things that show up in my body of work, right? And how to be able to um, check into your body and all these things because of this journey. And so, um, like, this, it, it is amazing to me, amazing to me when I hear stories like yours, right? And that we share, we share these things in common. We share these, um, like, diff different stories that we came through different doors and we end up in similar places. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so to me, it's like, there's no other way to explain that other than divine purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I'm, I'm seeing right now uh, is that the connections that we, um, that God is bringing is, is, is definitely divine. You know, everybody's got these different paths, but we're converging at, at the, at, I believe the, 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 the right time because the world is going undergoing a reset in purpose. And, 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 and like I said, unfortunately, you know, most leaders don't know how to handle that reset, but God has prepared people like you, myself, a lot of my diversity people are finding out is that there, there are limitations in what they're doing because they're not exploring the, 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 the sophistication of the soul. And when you explore the sophistication of the soul, that's where this ingenuity comes from mm -hmm. with the deep wells of purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where purpose deficit disorder exists, you see, 
I discovered that in that, in that dark time of my life mm -hmm. and it has grown with me, mm -hmm. you know, over the last 10 years specifically. Mm -hmm. And I'm just surprised to see how it has grown to the point to where it is, it is the number one thing that hinders. It answers the question that I ask. Mm -hmm. Why is America content rich, but poor in helping people bring content to life? Mm -hmm. we get we, come on we got all kind of coaches out there Dean. Mm -hmm. we go to seminars conferences we got all this stuff going on you know people spending millions and billions of dollars on yeah, this type of stuff <laughs> but we're not bringing content to life god allowed me to have the prison experience because i was able to implement systems where people can understand how to bring content to life you are such a soul brother. I'm telling you, because that's like my prayer has been like, you know how we have these universal truths, these things that people just say. And um, even if you don't really um, connect with like the origin, it just hits a truth spot yeah. in your belly. Right. Um, but it's like, we're living them out. It's a different thing. It's a difference between like knowing, being and doing. And that's like my scripture for the year, you know? Um, and so it's like, it's, it's a difference when you're actually living those truths out and you yep. become the embodiment of truth, right? So what you're saying is, is what purpose development is all about. <laughs> you know, I am the embodiment of purpose development. Everything, the 70 hours that we put into that program mm -hmm. is from personal experience. Of course, we did the research last year and found it in other people's experiences as well, but it's who we are, you know, it is the DNA of our soul. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and now it's just time for us to bring these solutions to the table so that people can understand that this has been there all the time. Mm -hmm. You just didn't have an awareness of it. And now it's time for us to come and to create that awareness and not create the awareness give you the tools to master this as an art form yes purpose is something that can be mastered as an art right you know we're all practitioners of purpose right jesus was a practitioner of purpose yes. so my entire journey can be summed up in donald jenkins becoming a practitioner of purpose oh that got, that got me out of being homeless yeah. you know that allowed me to get uh, a new wife that allowed me to get uh, to go from a blended family to a abundant family. Wow! You know, it allowed me to take purpose development from zero to hero. Mm -hmm. um, everything that we're doing—that's the driving force behind everything that God has called us to do. And uh, I wish I could say I orchestrated all of that, but I can't take credit for it. You know, I know, I know. Has to get all the credit for it. Yeah. And uh, and I'm just excited to to see how he is beginning to that that journey, everything from the starting of the church to leaving the church to going through the homeless period, being in the prison system with the guys to teach them this stuff, moving to Atlanta, expanding that reach, mm -hmm. building the putting myself around people that think globally. Mm -hmm. All right. All that stuff that I saw back then, God is bringing to the light right now. 
Oh and my it gosh. Blows my mind. I was listening and I was just been thinking like, you know, we are writing history for generations right now. We are co-writing history, you know, and the, it's really important to get the context around what's happening because that will help to define like the perspectives, which would help us to define how we respond to it and have mm-hmm. a different result, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Oh That's man, this, this is brilliant. So we're going to have to, like, I want you to talk about your book and I want you to tell people where they can find your book and where they can join the movement. Yeah, the, the uh, Super Race book is uh, actually available on Amazon Kindle. So all I have to do is uh, go there and search for Building the Super Race. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a real quick uh, blurb about what we're doing about that movement is that we're rallying people to, to engage in action steps, mm-hmm. you know, to allow us to sustain change beyond protesting. Because mm-hmm. the biggest change that we're going to have to make is those incremental changes in our behaviors. Mm-hmm. That's been the struggle of America ever since we founded our country. Mm-hmm. So what does that blueprint look like? Mm-hmm. And the building a super race book, it give us that blueprint with those six steps, mm-hmm. you know, that's included inside that, uh, that book that everybody can have, you know, from whites to Hispanics, it doesn't matter what the ethnic background, but what it's doing is that is, is galvanizing us to bring solutions to the table It's bringing all parties to the table to show us the value that we can have once we come together and build this bridge between the racial divide. No one is losing. In fact, I lose if I don't build this bridge. And I'm just so thankful to know you at this time. Awesome. Well, I am honored. I'm honored to uh, be connected with you. I was telling somebody about you the other day. I said, man, Dina's got all this, this, this science behind purpose and all this kind of stuff. And I said, and I listened to her talk. I said, she get it. She got it. And when you've been in this vein, you have, I always say that, you know, there, there, there are treasures of wisdom mm-hmm. that people don't understand. Purpose development came out of Proverbs chapter eight. Proverbs chapter eight described the three milestones of purpose. All of that entire, that entire passage of scripture describes the three milestones of purpose. And that's why I started. I actually, Proverbs chapter eight was the was the scripture that God gave me back in 1993 mm. when I started my church. He said, "I need you to meditate on this every day of your life." And I would have never known that it would have grown to be purpose development. And it takes you to a deep well of where treasures are. Mm. And when you have been in that treasure chest, and you hear other people talk, you know they've been in that treasure chest. Yes, yes, yes. And and I heard you talk and I said, okay, she gets it. She got it. So the pleasure is mine as well. So let me. Um, um, What email can they reach out to you on? Just, you know, how how do you want them to best connect with you? Well, they can connect with me by going to the uh, Purpose Development Institute site. That's uh, www.pdiatl.com. Uh, they can uh, schedule a um, 30 minute discovery call okay. uh, with me on that site. Uh, all they have to do is go to the events page 
Uh, it's going to pull up the calendar and they can just pick and choose, you know, what's going to be a good date for them. And uh, we can sit down and, you know, in 30 minutes and just kind of take them through a discovery call as to the value of purpose development in their life. So that's the best way to do it. Awesome. 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 So thank you so much. Thank you for um, everything that you've poured into um, the Spark Life community. Um, I can't wait to hear how they respond to it and um, just what's going to be birthed from all this that you shared with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the work that you're doing. God bless. God bless. All right.